Hello, gremlins and lovely people. Welcome to the first ever episode of Off the Rails. Now, before we really get into the meat of this episode, I want to say hi. Hi, I'm Andy, and this podcast wasn't originally going to happen. I asked a few people as a joke if I should do it, and all of them said yes, and now here I am. Honestly, I couldn't be happier. Uh, A bit about myself. I'm 17. I'm a Pisces, for the astrologers listening, and my pronouns are they, them. Uh, All background accompaniment is courtesy of Obi, my green-cheeked Kanye, and of course, accompaniment here means shrieks, bangs, general background noise. If you want to see pictures of him and of me, go check out the Off the Rails Instagram under the handle podcast.offtherails. Now, with that shameless self-plug out of the way, let's get into it. How to Train Your Dragon. For those of you who don't know it, or don't remember it, it's a movie that follows Hiccup, a scrawny Viking teen who sets the standard for noun-based names. Hiccup is a Norse teenager from the island of Burke, where fighting dragons is a way of life. His progressive views and weird sense of humor make him a misfit, despite the fact that his father is chief of the clan. I'm not going to lie to you, I did read that, that last paragraph, off of the Wikipedia page, but that's because I have no idea how to summarize this movie concisely. Now that we know the background of the movie, though, and its main character, we can get into why I love it so much. I I guess, spoiler warning, I'm going to talk about every aspect of this franchise, so if you want zero spoilers, you should probably stop listening. I'd give you a time to skip to to avoid specific spoilers, but I'm not really going to follow any sort of chronological order, so that wouldn't be very helpful to you. Um, The first thing we should talk about is um, how old these movies are. Uh, When I was doing the research, very brief research, For this podcast episode, I learned that the first movie came out in 2010, which feels about right. And I was like, okay, 2010, you know, like six years ago. No, no. 2010 was 11 years ago. It's 11 years. The first movie is 11 years old. That's insane. Came out when I was six years old. That's crazy. That's insane. I can't believe it. I feel like it, like, just came out. But no. No, it didn't. So, like, the first, the first just fantastic part of this franchise is the music and the animation. The soundtrack is by John Powell, and he's the guy who does, like, most, uh, like, Disney Pixar soundtracks, I think. Um, so, like, obviously the soundtrack is good. But when I say music, I mean the popular songs, you know, the recognizable songs that we know, the intro music, the the outro music, oh, all of that goodness. Um, and so that music is by Yonsei, and I am so sorry because I definitely um, pronounced that wrong. But that music is fantastic. I have no idea why I love it so much. It seems like everyone loves it a whole bunch. Um, I don't know. It just it scratches 
that itch in my brain. I don't know. It just, mm, beautiful. And then the animation of these movies is incredibly good, um, especially for movies two and three, which makes sense because they're more recent movies. I think the second one came out in 2014. Um, but I mean, the animation is completely breathtaking. I have no idea how they made animation look so real. Like, I bet if you showed me a picture of some like scenery animation from one of those two movies, totally think of a picture. I'd just be like, yeah, that's a picture of some trees. But I would be wrong. I would be wrong. And so my favorite scenes, when I think about like the breathtaking animation, um, are that orange forest and the boat covered in ice from the second movie. Um, I, ugh, like speechless. They're just spectacular. I really have nothing else to say about that. They're great. Um, another note on the animation is that the dragons look like dragons. I didn't actually think about this, um, until I saw a TikTok about it because that's how I learn everything now. But the dragons in How to Train Your Dragon throughout the entire series, all of their lovely spinoff, I guess, series, um, they look like dragons they've got scales they've got you know the weird reptile pupils spikes and all of that stuff they're not they're not like cutesy i guess um they're still cute they're adorable i mean have you seen toothless they're so cute but um they don't talk they don't look human they they look like dragons and i think that's really cool that Pixar was able to, you know, look at these things and be like, we don't have to change these. We don't have to make them look, you know, weird um, in order for them to be good and for them to be cute. And they have personalities without talking, which some companies, which will remain nameless, could take some notes on. Not everything needs to have the same face as a human being in order to have a personality. Not naming names. Disney. Um, my second, I guess, thing that I want to talk about that's just so fantastic about these movies um, are the characters. And, right, like I said, like this movie came out in 2010. So, like, as far as I know, I don't know stuff about movies. But it seems pretty fairly basic um, in the first movie, their characters um it follows like i said hiccup and he's like an outcast and his love interest is astrid who's like pretty pretty typical in terms of vikings i guess um popular kid and he's like well oh my god and he has a crush on her and then like throughout the movie they get closer whatever that stuff is all you know pretty much the same but like i said they've they've got a ton of like spinoffs I guess they're not really spinoffs but I guess like other like in between things that they did between all of the three movies um and so like throughout that they follow like a decent amount of these kids lives and I want to say Hiccup is the main character and then Astrid is like the second main character and then they have three friends 
So in total, that's five people, but I was wrong because I forgot someone. So it's actually six. There's six people. Um, and so in the first movie, they're 15 and 16. Uh, in the second, like, movie, in the second movie, um, they're 20 and 21. In the first series and the, like, group of, like, shorts that go with that series, they're 16 and 17. And then in the second series, which is my all-time favorite piece of anything from this franchise, um, they go from 18 and 19 uh, to 20 and 21. I think there's, like, five or six seasons of, of that show, so... They cover a decent amount of time. And then in the second movie, they're 20 and 21. Um, and then in the third movie, they are 21 and 22. Um, and so I can't think of really any sort of franchise that covers that much of, like, the character's lifespan aside from, like, books. Like, the Percy Jackson books do that. Um but those are books and you get you have so much more time and space to like fill up um all of that time all of those years and so i think it's super super cool that they were able to show all the way from 15 to 22 or 21 since um hiccup is the youngest of the group which makes sense um I think it's so cool and all of the series and all of the shorts and all of the movies are interesting and like they they took the time to like take into consideration their age and so it's not like eh. you know later on we establish that they're 18 or whatever it's like mentioned throughout um and then oh I forgot they're 30 in the epilogue of the third movie and the the short that comes after that movie. So all the way from 15 to 30, skipping nine years at the end there. But that's a bunch of time. That's a crazy amount of time. And then throughout all of that time, obviously you're gonna see character development because let me tell you, when I was 14, I was not, I was not the person I am at 17, that's for sure. Um, and so they do a really good job of just like developing all of the personalities. And like I said, there's six like kids and I kind of, I guess all of them would kind of be main characters. So there's six of those main characters. And then that's not to mention like Stoic, Hiccup's dad and Gobber, um, Stoic's friend and all of the like little people that they throw in there. Gothi, shout out if you know who Gothi is. Um, and so, like, Hiccup, obviously, is the main, main character, so he's got a whole bunch of character development. It all centers around him for the most part, and then his dad, Stoic, has a bunch of character development, and again, that, like, is fairly obvious throughout the first movie, right? Because, like, Hiccup is the weirdo kid who doesn't want to kill dragons, and Stoic is the chief who has this scrawny little kid who doesn't want to follow the Viking tradition. And so there's like butting heads. And then throughout the movie, you know, Stoic learns to trust his son and Hiccup learns that Stoic just wants the best for him, whatever, whatever. 
Um, and so by the end of that, they've got a pretty decent understanding. But then throughout the rest of the series and the shorts and the movies, um, Stoic and Hiccup do do really well together. That sounds weird, but they, um, <clears throat> their like relationship gets better. Their relationship gets better. And Stoic gets a lot of character development. And instead of being just this big strong chief who everybody admires and looks to for help he also in the second movie like makes saddles for the dragons which is super cool i don't know just the idea that like a chief does like labor work that then like benefits the rest of the clan is really cool and i think not a lot of people talk about that sort of thing and then of course astrid um, goes from just being like a complete badass, kind of hard-headed girl, um, to like an awkward teenager. In the second series, they do a really good job of like capitalizing on the fact that she's 19 and doesn't know everything. And so there's a lot of like, there's an episode where she loses her sight and she's super freaked out. She doesn't want to do anything and she doesn't like trust anybody and it's insane um, she's also put in a lot of near-death situations. I think probably just because she's like Hiccup's girlfriend. But I would imagine that those things would cause some mental issues. Um, and then like I think Snotlout, um, he's the kid with the black hair that's that's very arrogant. Um, and he goes from being just this arrogant kind of awful person to just be around um and instead he goes um to kind of you get to see him be a little bit insecure which is insane um I don't remember which of the series it was probably the second one where we find out that like his dad is next in line for chief if anything happens to stoic and hiccup um I have no idea why that's never explained in the show um, but that's how it is. And so he's got a lot of pressure put on him by his dad to, if that ever were to happen, to be a good person to take over for his father. Um, and then in the <laughs> uh, in the third movie, they do a really good job of showing him wanting, you know, Valka, that's um, Hiccup's mom. Spoiler, Hiccup's mom is not dead. She comes back. Again, <laughs> um, if you didn't want to spoil it, you probably shouldn't have listened. And if you kept listening, I'm so sorry. Um, please, please go watch the movies. They're amazing. Um, but they show him, you know, wanting her to think well of him. And we have no idea if Snotloud even has a mom. So there could be some mommy issues there. But basically, you learn more about his character, and it's really cool. And then um, even Eret goes from being like this new person who used to be a dragon hunter and knows nothing, like nothing about riding dragons um, in the second movie, throughout most of the second movie, um, to being someone that at the end of that movie, Hiccup trusts enough to like bestow his own father's dragon. And yes, there's the plot convenience of Eret needs a dragon to ride and Stoic is now dead. Again, sorry for the spoilers. Really hope you're not still listening. Um, and if you did not remember that, 
that happens in the second movie. Um, and so there's the plot convenience of, oh, we need a person with a dragon, and there's a free dragon. But also, you don't just give that to anyone. And and they make it clear that um, Eret understands the significance of that, which I think is really important. And that's a whole bunch of character development that goes through in kind of the background, since Hiccup and Eret don't interact very much, hardly at all, in that second movie. Um, and then all of the, like... There's a bunch of character development that happens um, with the established characters throughout like the shorts and especially the series and especially that second series because it goes on for so long. Um, but they also introduce these cool new characters um, like Heather and Dagger who are not one dimensional and, you know, they kick up a lot of tension among the group. And you get to learn about their own lives and how they handle um, not having dragons and all sorts of stuff. And then there are lots of people um, in both series that stay out of the movies. They're not in the movies, but they have a lot of significance, I would say. I'm not a professional, but I would say they have a lot of significance, um, both within the series and outside of the series. And there's a lot of like fun little connections that are made from the series to the movies and all that stuff is lovely. And I think it's fantastic. And I am a sucker for well-developed and relatable characters because who doesn't want to relate to people? Um, my third reason are the relationships. How to Train Your Dragon set my bar, my bar, probably tons of other people's bars, for relationships so high, like so high, like, huh <laughs> in the sky with their dragons. Um, the first the first one that I have to talk about is Stoke and Volca. Oh my goodness. What a fantastic example of just like love, capital L, love. Amazing. I think they were apart for like 20 years. I'm not sure when Valka gets quote unquote killed. Um, but she comes back when Hiccup is like 20. Um, and I want to say he's two. So like 18 years or something she's gone for. Um, actually, I think he says in the movie. I'm just not going to go look. But you can look. You can watch the second movie. And you can tell me how many years they're apart for. But I mean, like, it's just so amazing that they're apart for so many years. And Valka's expecting Stoic to be like upset and angry and yell when he finds out that she's still alive. But he says that she's as beautiful as the day he lost her, which is, uh, I mean, what a man. <laughs> and then of course, of course, the song scene. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should just look up Stoic and Valka's song. It's from the second movie. I can't even say anything more about it. Just watch it and you'll understand what love is, truly. And then, of course, Hiccup and Astrid, who are together throughout the entire series. Um, and like I said earlier, that first movie has a pretty general popular kid nerd pairing at first. Um, but then 
all of the series, especially that second series, really develop their relationship and show how they have to learn, like, to trust each other and love each other and how to work as a team and, like, understand each other. And it's just so nice and it's so refreshing to see a movie, an animated movie relationship that doesn't go from, like, we just met to getting engaged in one movie. And you're like, okay, I guess, because, like, they're both royalty or whatever. Um, And so that's just fantastic to see. And they do get married at the end of the third movie, which everyone wanted to see, and then it happened, and then they show their kids in the epilogue, and it's just fantastic. I mean, what more could you want? Um, but I mean, they just do such a good job of just showing those relationships. And then the last thing I want to talk about is just like the general span of the franchise. Like I mentioned earlier, there's three main movies. Um, and then specifically there are five shorts and two series. And this is super impressive to me, but every single short and series uses all of the original voice actors, which like never happens and it's not like all of the voice actors are like unknown people either um mclovin i if you guys know who mclovin is that's a guy that voices fish legs so not like just like regular boring people um so that's so cool to me that you can go watch all of these shorts and all of these series and they will have the exact same cast as all of the movies. It's fantastic. One of my favorite things. And then I mean, I mean that's pretty much it. That's basically it. That's basically, you know, the the main thing of the franchise. All of these are based off of books. There's a ton of books. The books are really good. I personally haven't read all of any of the books, but I think my brother and my dad read the first two or three, and I heard some of those, and they sound really good. They're pretty different from the movies, um, so I tend to think of them as, as like separate things. The, the movies aren't adaptations of the book. They're just based off of the book, Um, but I totally suggest reading them, right? They're kind of for younger kids, so they're pretty easy reads, but there's a ton of them. Um, and the dragons do talk (laughs) in the books, um, which I don't know, maybe you want to read some dragons talking. They seem pretty funny. Um, and so basically to end this, um, I highly suggest watching all of How to Train Your Dragon, all of it. I'm so serious. I've seen all of it at least once. I was mildly obsessed when I was a child, and so was my brother. Um, So here is how to watch all of the How to Train Your Dragon franchise in chronological order. So you watch the first movie, How to Train Your Dragon 1, and then you watch Legend of the Bone Napper, which is a short, and then Book of Dragons, which is another short, and then Dragons, Gift of the Night Fury, which is a third short, And then you watch DreamWorks Dragons, which is a series, and it's on Netflix. And then you watch Dragons, Dawn of the Dragon Racers, which is another short. And then Dragons Race to the Edge, which is on Netflix. That's my absolute favorite thing ever from this entire franchise. I think I've watched it all the way through, like, four times. (laughs) I love it so much. Then you watch How to Train Your Dragon 2, which is my favorite movie. 
And then How to Train Your Dragon 3, which is Hidden World. The first and the second one don't have like extra titles, but How to Train Your Dragon 3 is called Hidden World. So if you're wondering. Um, and I think I want to say that one is on Hulu, but I don't think the other two movies are on any streaming services for free which kind of sucks. And then after you've watched the third one, watch How to Train Your Dragon Homecoming, which is technically a movie because I think it's like an hour long or like 45 minutes long, but it's um, it's a short that takes place after the third movie. And it's so sweet. Um, out of all of the franchise, the things that made me cry were the second movie, the second series, the third movie, and the final short. Um, I do cry a lot, but they're also very touching and lovely. And uh, just, I totally suggest watching all of those, or I hope I've made you want to watch at least one of the movies. And then, uh, please <laughs> go ahead and like comment on an Instagram post and tell me your thoughts on How to Train a Dragon. If you agree, if there's points that you miss that you think I should know about, I absolutely want to know about them. I will probably make another episode on how to train dragon in the future because I love it so, so much, but thank you so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed off the rails.